Hello and welcome to the final episode of Australian Survivor Talking Tribal. The show that dives into the gameplay and strategy of Brains vs Brawn. I'm your host Nathan Morris and we have officially made it to the finish line. This is your official spoiler warning though. If you haven't watched the finale of Australian Survivor yet, please go ahead and watch it on Template On Demand. We don't want to ruin it for you because it's amazing. Joining us to discuss all things finale is fan favourite Nick Ayadanza in the bow tie. Hey, Nick. Uh, a big finale needs a big bow tie, so I'm here. I bought a button-up shirt for this. It's amazing. And all, as always, Survivor Superfan and podcast host Shannon Gus is here and she's looking very beautiful. Hi, Shan. Thank you, Nathan. I'm just so excited. I can't believe this. I feel like over the two, the last two months, I've spent more time with George and Haley than anyone in my life, probably including my <laughs> husband, with how much screen time they got and how immersed I've been in this season and that it was the king and the queens at the end, that that was the final two is so thrilling to me. What a fitting end to the season. Well, I am single and George and Haley are my husband and wife. Uh, king of the Jungle, Luke Toki will be joining us later on in the show. But before we dive in, let's look back at the epic final week. It was amazing. After 44 days in the outback, our final five are feeling strong. George is frank with Hayley. My only hope of winning is against you. At the immunity challenge, the stakes are high. Somebody's going to become the 20th person voted out of this game. Proving she is the ultimate challenge beast, Haley wins the immunity necklace. Haley wins immunity! Back at camp, George is certain that Flick is going home. My plan is quite simple. We're all voting for Flick. But Flick has other plans. Feeling nervous, George comes up with a plan B. What are we doing? Flip between Way and Flick. Flick doesn't have a light on. You don't want to risk it. George's instincts were right. I might play my hidden immunity at all. And his backup plan pays off. Way. Way is blindsided and sent to the jury. Oh, thanks so much, guys. You are a champ. The final four go straight into strategy mode. We need to break them up. Flick wins the immunity necklace and a spot in the final three. Different plans begin to brew between the tribe mates. Haley pitches to George that it's time to vote out his right-hand woman. I think it is essential that we both vote Kara tonight. But will Kara vote against George? This is by far the hardest decision I've had to make in this game. Jonathan reads the votes, and it's Kara who will be next to join the jury. Kara. The final three have outlasted 21 tribe mates, but their final immunity challenge awaits them. Before they begin, the tribe mates reunite with their loved ones. Come on in, guys. Oh, Oh my God. Two brains and one brawn battle it out for the final immunity necklace. Nothing easy about Survivor. After four and a half hours... Can't do anymore. George steps down. Well done, George. Haley is in pain. She's not showing it. Five hours and 17 minutes later... Come on, Flick. Haley outlasts Flick and wins the final immunity necklace. Well done, Haley. 
George and Flick fight for their spot in the final two. What is a queen without a king? <laughs> Hayley casts her final vote and King George joins Hayley in the final tribal council. The power is now in the hands of the jury. George pitches his survivor resume. I'm not ashamed to say that I took opportunities to strike. But Haley won't go down without a fight. And I think I am the one person left here who has done all three of those things really, really well. The jury gather the answers they need. You had all the power in the game. Do you regret it now that we now have the power? And Haley wins half a million dollars and the title of Soul Survivor. I cannot believe it has all come to an end. A big, huge congratulations to Haley, the flipping queen, the sole survivor of season six. It's been an incredible journey to watch her play the game from day one. Shannon, what did you think about the final two survivor experience? I mean, what can be said about George and Haley? They drove the season from beginning to end between the two of them. And it was so amazing to me that they happened to be, they created this for themselves, that they were the final two. I felt like that was so unlikely. I mean, for George, he started off on an extremely rocky start. It was a rough pre-swap in particular, but I truly believe he was on point strategically throughout the entire post-merge, obviously the merge vote, the Gerald vote, so epic. And then this final five vote, for him to read that play, to read Flick and her idol, and then to split the vote so perfectly was an incredible move. And for Haley, she has been incredible. Obviously there was that little snafu where she got voted out, but so much perfection around that with the Joey vote, the Shannon vote, coming in here, coming back from Redemption Rock and having so much power as a swing and her convincing powers at this final four were incredible. So to see two such amazing moves from the final two in the final week, to me was just a personification of how amazing they've both been through a lot of the season. I tell you what, this entire season, it's been building to these two, but yet yeah. always at the end, something seems to happen and we don't get the two at the end that we want. But we did this time, do you think, Nick? I like, it's very rare in Survivor, not just Australian Survivor, but all Survivor, to have the two biggest strategic forces sitting there at the end and have actual genuine uh, resumes that don't feel padded out, that actually feel, like, respectable. Like, I feel like you can have two people who sit there and can honestly claim that they are the best two people to represent the season. And I absolutely loved it. And I think it's a definite... Um, something that we should all be very lucky to have experienced <laughs> and to have been part of. And to make us part of it a little bit more, I'm going to join this little, you know, yes. king, queen, duchess. Uh, I think that uh, my daughter won't mind that I stole her little dress-up crown. I think that's perfect for the king and the queen. Um, and also I have one, but mine's a little bit more elaborate. Let's go back to the beginning. So Way was the first to go this week on Survivor. What do we think about Way's survivor journey? Because it was an interesting one. I don't think anyone thought she would get as far as what she did, Shan. We do see this often where you just need a little bit of legroom in the early phases, someone who might seem like they would be a first boot. Give them a chance and they can make it all the way to the end, which Wade does here. And I do think that a strong part of the journey for me was this incredibly complicated relationship with George from day one. And the fact that she would go out here as his collateral, not even his extreme target, to me, it just points to the complexity of that relationship and how interesting it was the whole season. Way, way in, in on your thoughts about Way, please, Nick. <laughs> Well, look, I love Way. I think that she brought something so unique and fresh to the season. 
And the fact that she did it with George there the whole time just felt like such a fun counterpoint. Like there's always this kind of like buried narrative that George and Way or Way feels very frustrated with George. And I think that the fact that in her last episode there we have this moment where she's struggling on in the challenge and George goes back and helps her. It was this perfect way to sum up this really complex relationship that has been a really nice little subtext, a little spicy subtext for us. I, I was someone who was actually there in the final five challenge and I got to watch that play out live and I, it brought a tear to my eye to see him stop and go back and help her. I do. I think that was really beautiful of George, but I also think that was very strategic of George because throughout the season we've seen people talk about managing way um, and George having to work around that. And I feel like, no, although it was kind... I do think that George was putting that to use in the future. Shannon, am I right or am I wrong? Because you're a smart lady. <laughs> no, well, everything on Survivor is strategic. You know, you can't untangle one from the other, but they're not mutually exclusive. That he does this, everything that George is thinking about has strategy in it, I'm sure of that. But it still was a beautiful moment. And even when she won the challenge before and he seemed so proud of her, like, there were real moments of beauty in this relationship. And it was also basically a beautiful mess between the two of them the whole season. So I really love that storyline yeah. this season. I do like seeing um, Wei um, and someone representing, um, I feel like, all of us that think we can do Survivor but we don't have the strength to do it. That's way. <laughs> That's way to me. I think she was absolutely brilliant. She was blindsided by George and Cara, though. If Hayley found out about that plan, do you think that things would have turned out differently? Part of me, like, wants to think that Hayley would have anticipated that being a possibility. I think that everyone was genuinely blindsided by Flick's idol, even if they did um, have a contingency plan. But... It does, if I'm Hayley, I think that I would be imagining that there is a possibility of that occurring. And you'd have to think that she was almost okay with sacrificing Way in that instance because, you know, it can't bounce back on her. So, I don't know, I feel like there was surely, surely we know enough about Hayley that she knew that that, that could have happened. What do you think, Shan? I just think it was such a backup to a backup. Like, for all of that to happen, A, Flick needs to have an idol. B, George yeah. needs to have a contingency yeah. plan, which he usually does, but none of this is guaranteed. And even if all of that happens, she's still immune and she just uses an ally. So I think that if uh, Kara does go to her and tells her that this plan is happening, I do think that Haley works with Way and Flick to vote out George. But I think in just the fact that that could happen, leading to another thing that could happen, and all of this is very much an if, not a definitely happening, she's going to let that happen, knowing that she's at least immune. But I thought it was an incredible move from George, as I've said. He really, you know, has seen the numbers so well through this post-merge. You can just see the split, unlike most people can. Numerically, it was mm -hmm. perfect. Not telling Haley he was right, it was perfect. And he saved himself in a really, really tricky Final Five vote. I think the real misstep here was on Flick's, off, um, on Flick's part. She has an idol. Rather than holding it for secret, mm. hoping that they all stack the votes on her and her one vote making the difference, she actually could have taken a much more forward approach and pulled out her idol and said, look, everyone, I'm not going home. Now you all have to turn on each other here at camp. Ah. And I will be here to ensure that the person who I want to go home goes home. Because I think that's been one of the motifs of the season that whenever the Brawns think they have a plan, the brains are thinking a couple of steps ahead where they can kind of unpick it uh, uh, Blick's person didn't go home. George didn't go home. But perhaps if she knew, if the other four knew that it wasn't going to be Flick, 
she could have gotten a lot more forward momentum and the person she wanted to go home could have gone home. I suppose so, because we've seen the difference of hidden immunity idols this season um, versus public immunity idols and the power they have. Hey, Shan. Yeah, I mean, I think for Flick, she probably just didn't anticipate that they would find another way around the numbers, which George always does. So it's something she definitely could have used. But Flick has absolutely such a threat physically and such a threat socially in with the jury. But strategically, I think the last person she voted out might have been Haley. He's like way back when. Yeah. So even with having mm-hmm. so much power with an idol at the final four with an immunity win, she still actually doesn't, you know, get her target out. So I think it's about really seeing those numbers, anticipating the chaos that someone like a George or a Haley can bring yep. and trying to work with that with the immense power she'd received through idols and immunity wins. Yeah, word, sister. For the first time in the game, George and Cara wrote each other's names down. Did we ever expect this to happen, Nick? I think so. You have to anticipate the fact that George and Cara are not physically going to be final three immunity challenge threats to win. So, therefore, if neither of them can win that final challenge, there's no real chance that both of them will be in the final three, final two. So there has to be a point where, and I'm sure George thought of this, there has to be a point where we have to turn on each other to make sure that at least one of us gets there. I just think that if I'm George and I'm heading into the final three with someone else, they're all probably going to beat me, except potentially Wei in a challenge. And if that's the case, they're going to bring Kara. They're not going to bring you. So if I'm George, before I get to that point, Kara's got to go. What do you think, Shan? I really see this as Haley's move. I mean, it's a two-on-one. I think the season will go down as a season of plurality votes and chaos, probably. But I thought that she was out. She's such a huge threat. And with Flick Immune, there didn't seem like a lot of other options there with the pair. But I think she did two really cool things. She went and convinced both of them so that she wouldn't have to fight at fire. For George, I do agree that she convinces him to something pretty optimal. If he goes with Kara, their chance of winning, that physical disparity is so huge that he's basically just guaranteeing himself going out in third place and not even getting the chance to pitch an impressive game to the jury. So I think that she she convinced him, she convinced me. If I were George, I would have done the same. <laughs> yeah. Even more impressively, she earns herself not having to go to fire with the 2-1-1 by convincing Kara, I think, to a non-optimal move. Kara is someone yeah. who is probably getting chosen by anyone. She's not relying on Haley's physicality and she has a tough time at the end against anyone. Haley tells her that it'll be her big move in taking out George, but Haley was the one who convinced it to a 2-1-1. Haley was the one who was in massive, massive trouble here. I, as a juror, would see this as Haley's move. So I think she convinced them both for optimal and non-optimal reasons. And just for their relationship, I think that they were so loyal the entire season. And you know what? When you betray each other at the same time, you can't be angry at each other because you both <laughs> exactly. did the worst thing to each Huge other. Huge understanding. Yeah. Look, I've seen people exactly. who betrayed exactly. each other and have still been angry. So you never know which survivor <laughs> player. But I think you get it. I think they understand. <laughs> I, th- I think that the biggest fear in a Final Four is going to a 2-1-1 where, like, if your name does get pulled out of the, the barrel, that you don't even get a chance to fight in fire. So I think that the biggest blunder here, unfortunately, was Kara telling Haley that Flick was going to vote for her. By doing that, yeah. you are, in- again, incentivizing Haley to try and come up with another plan. And I just wonder, the sliding doors moment, what would have happened if Haley didn't know that Flick was voting for her. I think it would have been a different outcome and I do not think Kara would have been gone home. Would yeah, have gone home. but I'm glad it happened because we got the two at the end that we wanted. Um, Absolutely. Look, Flick <laughs> has been sitting at the bottom of the tribe for a while. If she made it to the final two, 
Do you guys think that she actually could have won? Because for me personally, it was a given. If Flick was at the end, she would have beaten either Haley or George. What do you think, Shan? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about the voting record, a lot of misses there, especially, you know, through the merge, even the pre-merge with Shannon. You know, Flick was losing a lot of friends and allies, and strategically, that doesn't look good. But you know who that looks good to? The jury who are your friends. Yes. Like, she didn't vote them out. And as George really perfectly vocalised at that final three tribal council, that makes it a really, really small margin to win games just based on your resume, your strategy, and your story, which Flick has an incredible story too. But just taking out some votes like Emmett, Gerald, Danny, possibly an Andrew that she's definitely getting, that doesn't leave a lot of votes up for grabs. So I think she definitely would have won and I think it was the perfect move for Haley to take her out. Nick, would uh, Flick have been wearing your daughter's tiara? <laughs> Absolutely. There is no doubt anyway? in my mind. <laughs> Look, I love Flick as a character. I, I want to see her play again. I think that she has so much left in the tank to give Survivor. But um, regardless, if she got to the end against anyone, she would have won. And this is the second time in a row we've seen this on Australian Survivor. Brooke, the same thing last season in All-Stars, even though that she didn't have that many moves to her name strategically with getting people out at the merge, she would have won because all her friends were on the jury. And you can't beat that social capital. Survivor, in the end, we like to think about it as brains for strategy. We like to think about it in terms of brawn for physicality. But neither of those things matter when it comes to the social part of the game. That will always trump the other two things. Yeah, that's such a legitimate way to win the game. And it's something we see time and time again. Just being the last member of the minority whose friends authored on the jury and are rooting yes. for the underdog as well. I think that's a really yes. big thing in terms of who people can really cheer for. Flick outside of that has such an incredible strength and story. But people on the jury want to see kind of everything, the, the, the apple cart being upset, basically. And for the people in power to lose out, for them to be a part of that, it's definitely something that they're going to vote for. We love drama. What can we say? We must go to a quick <laughs> break right now, but it's coming up after the break. Luke Toki joins us. Plus, we'll hear from Australian Survivor Season 6 winner, Hayley. Welcome back. We are joined by the king of the jungle, the OG, Luke Toki. How you going, Luke? Hey, Nath. Um, listen, uh, I'm a little sad. We are at the end and it's, it's all wrapped up now. So what a good season. Wow. Looks really depressed. He's in black and he's in mourning. Survivor's done for him. But don't worry, it'll be coming back. We have a special message from the sole survivor of Brains versus Brawn. All hail Queen Haley. Let's take a look. Nathan, um, I am in complete shock at what's just happened. I cannot believe that I have just been crowned sole survivor. Winner of Australian Survivor Brains vs. Braun, Hayley. <laughs> Look, I put everything I had into this game. I gave it 110%, and you can hope to win, but you really can't hope too much because it's such a complex game. I was so nervous to sit at that tribal council. I know that George is an incredible speaker and he's so charismatic, so to come up against him at the very end made me super nervous, but I really backed my game and I just tried to own it tonight and it seems like it worked. 
I had the power to swing any of those votes. I think the fact that I had played an all-round game convinced the jury to give me the votes in the end. Um, I have played a strategic game, but it was also very social. I have really good friendships with the people sitting on the jury. And I played in a phenomenal um, physical game. Like, I'm a brain and I came in here and beat a bunch of those brawn to win some of those immunity necklaces. And I'm so proud of that. Congratulations. Thanks everyone for listening, watching and engaging with the Talking Travel podcast this season. You are sole survivor, brains versus brawn. What an honour to get a message from our <laughs> Queen Haley. Thanks, Haley. All right, guys, what do we think about well, politician George and pain management specialist Haley's pitch to the jury? Shannon? Great question, Nathan. Thank you so much for your question. I really appreciate it. Um, no, I thought that both pitches were really good, especially the opening pitches. I mean, it's not hard when you do have such big games to back they both have a lot of moves that they can talk about in detail and George beyond that really has the journey as well he can talk through from beginning to end how you know it started off a little dicey and then got so much better so I think that journey was great for him and Haley can talk about you know again specific moves as they both do that was so brilliant to watch but I do think that Haley's game allowed her to come in a little bit more well-rounded bridging that gap between brain and brawn and appealing to everyone on the jury whereas George's game was quite singular it was an extreme of that singular criteria and being super strategic and making some epic moves but it was just that one thing not as physical or social so he has to lean on that but it won't appeal to as wide a range of the jurors well you be proud of your game but also it's probably time to be slightly humble in your approach to the jury but yet George Luke seemed to be a politician right to the end. Yeah, look, George obviously is really proud of his game. He knows what he can offer. And, you know, he's obviously never going to be the most physical out there. You know, socially, he's probably aware that he's not the most like social person also. But what he was proud of is how strategic he's been. You know, as a politician, he came out and gave a good speech. I thought it was okay. Maybe could have related a little bit more to the jury. Um, you know, where Haley kind of was able to pinpoint a lot of her moves, I think she kind of narrowed uh, her moves down, even when she discussed about her 50-50 and how she broke up the brawn and how she helped blindside Simon. She really kind of nutted it right down to um, like smaller fragments of her game where George was kind of like, you know, crown me, I'm King George. I shouldn't be here, but I am. And, um, yeah, look, I'm just yeah happy to see two finalists that ha have had two separate different type of types of games. I do find it very interesting. I feel as though Hayley humbled mm -hmm. herself, especially with her comparison to what happened at Redemption Rock, whereas George didn't put any of that into his pitch, Shannon. Yeah, I don't think the jury wants to hear that you were perfect, especially because neither of them were perfect. Haley got voted out. George was very, very close to being voted out a couple of times, single-handedly saved by Kara and by Haley in the pre-merge. And you have to speak to that and be aware of it. But it is a fine line between backing yourself and not undermining your game as well, but still being humble. I think Haley did that really well. She would speak to smaller mistakes, for example, having a conversation just with the wrong person. That's the kind of thing that doesn't undercut her whole game, but does show some humility and show that she's self-aware and knows that there were flaws in her game. George, I think, really didn't want to 
you know, let the guard down at all. He wanted to show that his game was really, really strong and not undermine it in any capacity. So he just went to that extreme. But I definitely think that talking about some flaws, but some flaws that people can accept, having a conversation with the wrong person is not the reason someone won't vote for you. So it's about finding that line where you can admit to mistakes, but they're not deal-breaking mistakes. I did really enjoy seeing the jury's face every time George declared, I am the king, give me the crown. Oh, the rolled eyes and the looks that they're all giving each other, which... Brings me to a couple of people in the jury were visibly angry. One of them was Danny, but then there was also Emmett who took George to task on basically asking him, is the person that's playing the game of Survivor the person that's on the outside? Uh, Luke, how important is that? And what do you think about Emmett going there with George? Look, I, I think it was a great question from Emmett, but even this is, this is what's happened is... George should be able to pick up on the little social cues that Emmett and the others are, are, are doing after the answers, realising that they kind of like looking like you're not answering the question. Mm. And I feel like that gives him a moment to sit there and go, listen, all right, I need to stop and pause yep. the output that I'm doing. Like stop for a second and just say, listen, guys, I'm a little bit nervous. Obviously, I'm like, you know, I'm coming across as maybe a politician, but it's not the case. I... I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry, but this is how I moved forward in the game. And uh, it was, for me, it was just the way that I, see, I seen a, 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 a way to the end. Like, I feel like he should have just paused and, and relaxed a little bit. But instead of, he was still so on the front foot of, um, you know, telling everyone how good his game was. And I feel like he should have just stopped at that moment and answered Emmett's question and tried to give him a good answer. Uh, well, well, even tell him what he wanted to hear. Emmett was leading him there with the question, but re George refused to go for a walk with him. And that was basically, yeah. you know, looking for him to be slightly humble and looking for him to drop the politician's persona. And actually, you're right, Luke, just speak to everybody as a tribe made a survivor. Shannon, like, yeah. Emmett was trying to help him get there. Yeah. No, it's that humanity. And the sad thing is, like, we've heard from George probably what they needed to hear. He told us in the challenge that he's already proud of himself and the game he's played, but the one thing now that he needs to do is win for his family. And I think if you bring yes. in that component where you're saying, I don't regret any of the moves, they got me to where I am today, but you know, there's a reason for it. And if you're asking about what that means for me externally to the show, that's for my family, that's for the people in my life, that's who I am as a human. But beyond that, to talk to you as human people as well and not just players in this game, I can see that while I don't regret the moves, I have obviously upset you and that's not something I would want to do. For that, I do apologize. Of course, there's like a human connection in that. That's my regret in it. That's what I'm sorry for. But the moves themselves that, you know, I back, but it's maybe the approach that I apologize for. So bringing in that humanity is hopefully what you do. Yes, Luke. I, I think that what happens is throughout the game, people um, create these these names, nearly like the, the plant-based Superman, mm. you know, King George, the Duchess of Double Bay. The King of the Jungle. Of stuff. Yeah, the, the King Instagram of the Jungle. Handles. And at this, <laughs> at this moment, this is the moment where you wipe all that. Yeah. Take all that away and you say, I'm Luke Toki, I'm, I'm George. And this is where, like you bring the human factor into it because people want to, they're giving you $500,000. They want you to be like, um, liked like you, you, even if someone has played the most best game, craziest game, sometimes there's going to be people that just won't give you that money. Like Russell Hance, because we don't like you. Yeah. <laughs>
We don't yeah. like you. And you need to come down on a human level and talk from the heart. And I feel like, um, you know, that's what Emmett was trying to lead um, George down the path of doing. It was very interesting because it's like Haley watched George and what he did and then picked up on the cues of the jury and then went, OK, wait there, I can see they're yearning something that he isn't giving them, which is another great play from Haley, Shannon. Yeah, I mean, I do want to say, like, it is it is a little bit counterintuitive. You would think sitting there and fighting for your game, you should only be really positive. But it is, again, like a game of people where you have to, you know, not act like you're better than them. They have to feel good about awarding you money but not just awarding you money connecting with you on that level to make you the winner of the season so it is counterintuitive and I do understand why people just want to play their game up to its extremes but I think we see some of the benefits again in copping to some mistakes and the fact that when Haley says she has regrets then when she wants to go stone cold killer and tell Danny it's not a regret that I lied to your face I had to do it that has more weight because you know that if she thinks she made a mistake she'll tell you about it you might not believe it as much with George when he's saying everything was great then maybe you know it cast some shade over all of that whereas Haley gives the light and shade to say this was maybe bad but that means all of this stuff was actively good now let's go to Andrew he asked both Haley and George about their regrets Luke what do you think yeah. is the best way to answer a regrets question on Survivor um, I think you should always have regrets I think it doesn't matter how much of a In perfect life. game you played <laughs> No, I really feel like, you know, even if it's just I, I feel like there's someone on the jury that I haven't had much strategy talk with yeah. or even socially, you yeah. could be like, do you know what I regret is Emmett, throughout this whole game, we never were on the same page, which I would have loved to work with you, Emmett, but we just never crossed paths. Nah. And that kind of stopped me from having a good social connection with you because we didn't even have a strategic one. And... I actually like you. And then you can pinpoint one person at a time and it ah, might just be idea, enough yeah. to switch Emmett's um, vote. Some, sometimes when you're on the jury, right, you're sitting there and especially like Gerald, they've sat there for that long and no one's spoken to him. So if you get that one moment, you could be like, Gerald, you address him personally and then he would love her because you're actually isolating him and giving him a time of day and it's kind of explaining your certain relationship with him. And that's what I feel like both of them probably lacked. Luke, I regret during this episode I haven't told you about how strong and muscly you are. <laughs> you see, it works. <laughs> Shannon, what do you... Every time you do it, I tense. <laughs> Shannon, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think the regrets question, again, for two people who... It was not smooth sailing. None of the season was. No one can come out of the season saying that it just was like shiny and new and perfect. Like that's not what this game is. So I definitely think in terms of speaking to that complexity as much as you can, there really is such a psychological element of the jury. They have to feel great about you as the winner of their season, but they also don't want to feel too bad about themselves. So even if you speak about those regrets, really play it up to the jury about how much of a threat they were. Or yeah, as Luke is saying, just singling out certain people about how much you wanted to work with them or how much you couldn't work with them because they were such a ginormous threat, make them feel good about themselves in some way because it's sometimes more about the jurors than it's actually about you. All right, Shannon, while we've got you here, I want to know if you're on the jury, give me a question that you would ask George and a question that you would ask Haley. Go. 
I think for me, like as a strategist, and that's where my vote would largely go just down to the strategy. I would have to ask them how they as fans reconcile being the winner of the game when for Haley she was voted out, when George, where he was so near to being voted out and saved by other people. It was touched on obviously in the regress because that was the low point of their game. But I would like to see how they defend the mistake that got them there and how they obviously rallied from it to get to this point because for me that would be the biggest question mark of the juror. All right, Luke, you're on the jury. What have you got for them? Well, pretty much keep it simple. Why do you deserve it over Haley? Like, get them kind of bickering at each other. Get them <laughs> trying to argue their point because that's what it is. They're, they're in a battle right now and you want them to turn on each other. The great explanation, well, Baden and Pierre in their final tribal questions pretty much made them fight over it. Who wants it more? Fight, fight. yeah. <laughs> okay, so you just want... Uh... Brawl. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, look, um, Shannon, are you happy to see Haley being queen of the Outback and Soul Survivor for season six? Yeah, I mean, I'm thrilled that Haley is the winner. She made so many big moves. She has moves like Jagger. I'm sorry for that extremely <laughs> dated reference, but if she had just done one of the Joey move, splitting her idol at the Shannon move, working with George on the Kez merge boot, coming back and some of the moves she made here to get rid of Emmett, for example, and really playing that middle and then ending with that incredible final four, convincing George and Kara to turn on each other. She is one of the best strategic players we've ever seen. And I think they should bottle how calm-headed she can be in the face of chaos. I want some of it. I want some of it for myself. She is strategic. She is smart. She is strong. And she is an epic winner of this game. I couldn't agree more. And also, make sure you want to study pain management too, doesn't it? Because that really helped her out. What do you think, Luke, about Queen Haley? Oh, Queen Haley is one of the best winners we've had. She has ticked all the boxes, outwit, outplay and outlast. And she, you know, I just think she's a really nice winner. Yeah. She's, she, you know, she, I can actually connect with her through the screen when I was watching every episode. I think she actually has a good heart outside the game. And I, I really feel like her whole story of when she applied and, and wanted to play this game, like it came from like a really true place. I, I think she's a great winner. I, 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 she's the queen. <laughs> well, she is the queen for now. She's the queen for 2021. Coming up after the break, Nick tests the age-old question, brains or brawn? Look at my muzzles. I'm going to wear a watch up here. <laughs> We've sent Nick Iadanza all the way to the Aussie Outback to test the age-old question, brains or brawn? Take a look. Welcome to Australian Survivor Talking Tribal Challenge, where we will have an original showdown between brains versus brawn. Nick will be putting together a puzzle in the same amount of time that our brawn members will be doing 200 push-ups. Who will win? Survivors ready. Go! Oh, Nick is pulling out those puzzle pieces extremely fast. Emmett looks like he is killing it at these push-ups. But you know what they say, Braun aren't that smart. They actually might lose count at some time. <laughs> Nick knows this Survivor logo well. If he can get his fumbling fingers to move a little faster, he might actually take this out. Win one for the brains. Look at him go. 
They're using Gerald, the self-proclaimed mathematician for the Braun team, to count it out. Is he missing a few pieces? Who knows? I actually have a lot of faith in Nick right now. Keep going, mate. Looks like those cowboy boots are coming in handy for this challenge again. Gerald only wore cowboy boots on land challenges and he's back to it again today. They're down to 100. They are at 100. They are halfway. How are you going, Nick? How are you feeling? But with a little bit more patience, I'll be able to realise that that one is in the wrong spot and that one goes there. Well, you know what, Nick? To be honest, you've done better than the Braun tribe on one of the challenges because they didn't know how to spell Survivor. It was rather embarrassing. They're at 143, Nick. You better pick it up, mate. Fifty left, Nick. Move those fast fingers. I'm surprised they've actually learnt how to count in this game. <laughs> there is no, there's actually no uh, harassment from the Braun tribe right now because they are all cooked. They've eaten so much in Jury Villa. They've put on all that weight they lost. Oh, Thirty to go. Three, four. Is there another piece? Three, no, come on. Yeah. Three, one. Yeah. Three. Only 20 push-ups to go, Nick. Come on. What are you doing here, mate? Ten. Nine. Eight. Seven. Oh, it's coming down to the wire. Has he done it? Has he done it? He's done it. Well, this season has been unbelievable. It's given us all the thrills and the feels. Uh, but I want to know what your thoughts are of the season, Luke, and also the best play that you witnessed during it. Look, I've loved the season. Uh, we've had a lot of twists and turns. And just to see Survivor being played in the Australian Outback, we, we bring it home. You know, we get to um, really see the harsh conditions that these guys have actually all committed to play in. And... I feel like it's one of the most gruelling seasons to play in. Uh, it's just been um, one hell of a ride. And I feel like we've also ended up with some great finalists. Uh, that's the most th that you can expect and hope from a uh, season. I think for me, it just shows how dirty you are when you go out bush. God, that was so dirty. Your best play, though. The best play. Look, my best play, I've loved George all season. He's narrated the whole season. He has been a breath of fresh air, some, a very different character. And I think that the, just when he, he saved Kara, I think that move when all the votes went on Kara and he, his one vote saved her was um, something that I always wanted to do in, in one of my seasons. And for, to see it be played out in the, in the situation where she... Re, he repaid the um, thing that Cara did at the start. It was just, it was just a nice moment yeah. for me. When you bring up Cara, I think my favourite thing um, of the season was when Cara accidentally sent home Big D. <laughs> that was terrible. But anyway, that's not a best move. That was just the biggest misstep. Shannon, what's your thoughts on the season? Which I mean, we're going to agree, it's been amazing. And also, what is your pick for the best play? 
I mean, the season has been epic. It has been, for me, the season of extremes. I think people look back and see that it was never boring. It was always at its peak in any capacity. It was always making you feel something. And to that point, I don't know that I can just decide on one best play. I'm sorry to be a fence-sitter, but I will refuse to split these finalists. If, whether it was Haley's move against Shannon with the idol, I love that play so much, using that idol to maximum effect by threatening to use it on her or Baden with the rock, paper, scissors, or George's play, especially against Gerald with the plurality vote. Those are, it's just such high-key conceptual survivor strategy that has to be executed so well, and it's so innovative. And even this week, I don't know that I could split how much I love George's final five move from Haley's final four convincing so I, I can't split these two and I think Nathan whatever you picked up on set to give us the award this week oh. whatever random piece of garbage you should be <laughs> splitting it and giving it to both of them random piece of garbage <laughs> this is a lot. one of the most amazing things we've ever seen and you're right okay so we're going to split it so um okay what about the broken branch of brilliance? Yes? Split it up, yes. Split it up. Finalist, yes. You're not gonna be able to break it. <laughs> okay, how about the branch In of theory. the branch of brilliance and they just hold either end? How about yes. that? All right. Like a limbo stick. One end to um, George and one end to Hayley. All right. Yeah. And same thing, Shan? Yeah, I mean, unless you can end up breaking it, but yeah, I think they can both hold it and just, you know, we can applaud them and what an incredible season they and the cast delivered. Nah, it's got metal in it. Anyway, <laughs> um, thank you so much for watching Australian Survivor Talking Tribal with myself, Nathan Morris, and OG King of the Jungle. He's our king here on Talking Tribal, Luke Toki. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Nath. I've uh, really enjoyed this season. It's been a pleasure to be a part of uh, all the contestants putting their bodies on the line. Uh, it's been great. Awesome. Now, um, Shannon Gus, she's our queen here on Talking Tribal. She's been helping us dissect the series each and every week. Thanks so much, Shan. The royal theme extends from the show to Talking Tribal, of course. No, but thank you so much for having me. I mean, I've loved analysing this season and just immersing myself in it too much. Uh, I need to now go get a life, but I've really enjoyed the last two months. I don't have a life. Don't worry about it. It's not yeah. overrated. And then, of course, our roving reporter and court jester, <laughs> he's going to hate me for that, Nick Iadanza for bringing us the hot scoop from the Aussie Outback. Now, remember, you can watch Australian Survivor on Template or check out the World of Survivor page on Template for more series from around the globe. I know Shannon's all over those. Thanks again and see you next time.